0: Hey, I'm Brian Hyatt, and this is Rolling Stone Music Now. I'm in the studio with Rob Sheffield and Britney Spanos. We're going to talk Grammys. Of course, we're going to talk Grammys. How can we not talk Grammys? Although it suffered from many of the usual problems, I thought it was a less boring Grammys than usual. It kept me entertained. We thought we'd start with highlights. What highlights should we start with, guys? What do you think?
1: I mean, the opening performance was such a good way to launch everything with Camila Cabello and J Balvin and Ricky Martin. And it was such a exciting and colorful and fun way to really like get the show started.
2: Absolutely. It was kind of like a coronation because Mm -hmm. of course last year Camila was on the show just introducing U2 and (laughs) and speaking really beautifully about, you know, like U2 and the themes that she has with immigration in common. Mm -hmm. And literally everybody, very much including the members of U2, must have wondered We should be introducing her. Why is she not singing Havana? And we're playing. So for her to be doing this, it was almost like a coronation triumph. It was really just a beautiful production. And Ricky Martin was amazing.
0: Yeah. And I was saying it's a reminder for, there are many things that Grammys don't know how to do, but they do know how to put on a show. It is far more professional and polished than say the latter day VMAs. And that performance was, as you said, like a beautifully staged. I mean, it was very like cheesy musical theater, but it was cool. If you're willing to embrace that kind of thing, which I totally am under the right circumstances, it was cool. And she's so consistent consistently impressive mm-hmm. like she's such a pro you have a feeling that if you know a role opens up on Broadway she can completely take it she seems like she can do anything I find her so impressive
1: yeah and I think a recurring theme with the Grammys is kind of being able to bring together a lot of artists maybe in the same genre who are like a little bit more veteran with the newer artists and having like Ricky Martin and Camila singing next to each other Arturo Sandoval playing the trumpet having Jay Balvin sing Mi Gente which I mean a couple years old a little weird choice but like it was awesome still to see him there just to have that kind of combination of artists come together and perform and also there was a political statement with Jay Balvin holding the newspaper that I don't remember what exactly it said but it had a statement against Build building bridges, wall. not walls. Yes. Yeah. It was just like a really nice set and really dynamic and really cool the way the camera kind of panned through all these different settings and yeah it was a nice way to open the show and be like here are a combination of four really excellent artists.
0: Your point about generations is well taken because I think one of the things that sometimes annoys especially younger audiences about the Grammys is this insistence on including veterans. But I'm pro-veteran in the right balance and context. I think it's important to remember history, even if history is relatively recent as Ricky Martin. Like, Ricky Martin absolutely should be on the Grammys. And it was a great use of him, and it worked, and it started off positively. And Rob said that we can't talk highlights for too long, though, without going to something that was horrific, something that... (laughs) That, that hurt Britney. It caused pain to you, didn't it?
1: Yes. The Jennifer Lopez tribute to Motown was just so out of tune in more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> it just did not make sense that it was happening. And Jennifer Lopez, great. Like her individually as a pop star. Works really well for me. Jennifer Lopez singing a bunch of Diana Ross hits while Diana Ross is in the building. (laughs) And Jennifer Lopez doing Jennifer Lopez choreography while singing just some of the greatest girl group performances, just some of the greatest songs ever written that had their own sort of such an iconic aesthetic that really built the basis of pop, of pop vocal groups, just did not make sense to me.
0: This is all speculation. Do we think, obviously she was not singing that live, I would be fairly confident in saying that. Do we think that was at any point in the universe a voice that emerged from the throat of Jennifer Lopez?
2: Well, who else would it be from? If you are going to have Jennifer... Jennifer Lopez lip sync somebody else's vocals, you'd ask almost anybody to do the vocals other than Jennifer Lopez. So honestly, I had no problem believing she was singing live because there's absolutely no way if they had any say in the matter that they would not have like an actual singer touch up those <laughs> vocals. So I found it very believable that it was her singing. And as Smokey Robinson said, you know, when he was allowed to speak, that this is the great American music story and that this was the representation of it was just, you know, what would the Grammys be without comedy? you know like and i loved this grammys i thought it was the best one in years it's definitely the best one of the post ll cool j era alicia can host it every year now as far as i'm concerned she was awesome but you know part of what we love about the grammys is when they fail they fail big and this was like a spectacular this will go down in the annals of terrible grammy performances
1: and alicia had to kind of come out there for a little bit yes <laughs> she even had to just like <laughs> forget her hosting duties and come out there and do some choreo with jennifer lopez in an outfit that didn't match the scene at all like she was just like I'm I'm just going to come and walk with her for a little bit.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And Smokey Robinson having to go out there, like how gallant and chivalrous is Smokey Robinson in so many contexts. A few years ago at the Grammys when Mm -hmm. Beyonce was walking to the stage and she stumbled and fell and Smokey Robinson in the first row just reached up and like grabbed her hand and like, and he did so much more than that with coming out and singing a verse of My Girl
0: with Jennifer Lopez with a smile on his face after hearing what she was doing to those songs. That guy, he's unbelievable. Side note, there was a moment, I tweeted about this, there was a moment on the red carpet where Smokey Robinson was asked about, you know, music he listens to, and he started to mention classical music, and this look of just sheer panic came on the red carpet host, like, are we going to have to talk about classical music now? Cut away, cut away, like, they were ready to, like, then he mentioned Bruno Mars, and then they just seized on it with their teeth, they're like, like, oh, he's great, he's great, isn't he great? <laughs> but I think that the Motown thing was meant to be for Ariana Grande. Brittany and I were talking about this before the show. I think that that was one of the things that Ariana was supposed to be involved with, because I just cannot believe that in any universe that the first choice was JLo. lo This was what they wanted? This is what was supposed to happen? I just don't believe. Am yeah. I delusional here?
1: No, I think that's totally a possibility. And then I also remember like, everyone else who was in the building already, too. Like, I mean, Chloe and Hallie did such a fantastic tribute to Donny Hathaway yeah. that could have easily done the full Motown tribute themselves. That would have been such an awesome thing to have Best New Artist nominees, Chloe and Hallie go up there and sing some Supremes or just, you know, sing some like Jackson Five or some Stevie, like anything. And having Diana in the building and, you know, Smokey could have just gone up there and done a medley just on his Absolutely.
2: own. There were literally thousands of people in the room who could have done that medley on 15 minutes notice. Yeah, you, you could know? have 100
1: just... people in the room and only one can ruin it (laughs) just like
2: not even a rehearsal just have the lyrics on the teleprompter and you know everybody knows those songs and so many of the great singers were in that room it was Mm -hmm. And that's now how a generation was introduced to Motown. Yeah, amazing. The Chloe's and Hallies of like a few years from now, they'll be like,
0: yes, I was inspired to start performing music
1: when <laughs> I saw
0: Jennifer Lopez sing "Please, Mr. Postman" on the Grammys. <laughs> what else stands out is we'll go back to the good parts for now. I loved Gaga. It's probably not a surprise that probably the three people in this room love <laughs> the Gaga performance. Yeah, you're preaching to the choir yeah. here. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, at least one of us cried during it, which I did. Oh, I did. It was yeah. it was just such a fun, weird way to sing "Shallow" and super like glam punk. It was such 2000. 2000- was in nine gaga, it felt like Joke held her own at the VMA's energy, is what she had the entire night. Like, she was just like, <laughs> she was in the audience wearing just like a little fascinator and just like a sparkling shirt for most of it, and laughing and crying at everything that was happening. Got on stage, did a weird thing. It was great. She was creeping across the stage. It felt like very much just like her great poker face performance that she did when she was at the Grammys with Elton John and kind of wearing the same sort of super '70s glam aesthetic on it. So it was amazing. In
0: that weird (laughs) bit where she was pulled out on stage with Michelle Obama and Jada Pinkett and stuff, there was this moment when someone had to read the line like, "Whether you like pop, hip hop, or rock and roll." And when the words "rock and roll" came up, Gaga gave this big nod. Like I felt like it was a hint that she was going rock and roll tonight. It was also, of course, fascinating to see her as Gaga. Yeah. Singing it.
1: Because we know? haven't seen that Gaga in so long, too. And I think, especially in the midst of all of the A Stars Born promotion and kind of coming off of Joanne and coming off of Cheek to Cheek and sort of the last few years of Gaga have been a little more, you know, close to the chest, a little more just like. Really, kind of careful, a little bit more hidden of the weirder side of Gaga. So it was really fun to see her just be the weird rock and roller that she's always been, and get on stage and again creep crawl across the stage and start pointing aggressively to the guitar the entire time and flirt with Mark Ronson and have fun with it. it was So nice. great.
2: Also, this is a weird thing to admit, but for the first two minutes of the performance, I did not recognize Mark Ronson and I thought that that was Brit Daniel's of Spoon. <laughs> Were you excited? I, I was excited. Eventually, yeah. like I cheated and Googled because I was like, this cannot be happening, but. For for two minutes I was like I really shouldn't have cheated because I really enjoyed that but I kept thinking that's Paul McCartney's drummer and it was Paul McCartney's yes, it drummer was indeed, yeah. like the unmistakable Abe he's not a guy who blends into the background of the performance and I was like that's got to be Paul McCartney's drummer and it was such a amazing mind freak performance on so many levels mm-hmm. it reminded me a bit of when she sang the sound of music medley at the Oscars a yeah. few years ago and she was like you know in addition to everything else I can do I am this singer and like that's what the shallow performance at the Grammys is like for me yeah
0: the, the times had Article today about Academy Awards voters, and with their sort of one of those always irritating articles where you get the anonymous opinions of why people are voting the way they are for the Oscars. And there was apparently a consensus that people weren't going to vote for Gaga because. Her speeches were grating and like over dramatic. And I'm, I'm like, really? You don't want to vote for someone for the Oscars uh, because so she's over dramatic? That really annoyed me. Well, that's uh, why
1: I also like this performance because I feel like there was so much with all of the Golden Globes and the SAG Awards and everything that we've seen Gaga do, sort of with the award season, a Star is Born promotion, everything like that. This lead up to the Oscars, as she was just like, let go of all of it. She knew this wasn't the night for her. She knew there's like a lot of other bigger stories around this night. She's going to be the big story of the Oscar night. She knows that. Golden Globes is going to be the big story about Gaga, Starsborn, Born, Shallow isn't going to win. Like, you know, that was all that. But she knew the Grammys was like Casey's night. It was Brandy Carlisle's. So it was like all these other artists had much bigger sort of awards narratives. And she was like, I'm just going to do my thing. I'm going to do my old thing and yeah. see if you like it.
2: Also, her meeting Cardi B on the red carpet. What a tearjerker. Yeah. Like, that was beautiful in itself. I know.
0: Yeah, Cardi B, as we know from interviews including what she told Brittany, Cardi B was a little monster she did
1: well, I forgot bad what romance. bad romance at yeah. a high
0: school talent show it's
1: on youtube it's wonderful it's just like Cardi b kind of just like running across the stage like a teenager as she should and just like spelting out bad romance it's actually a really really good vocal performance for just like a random talent show that i think she did for when she was like 15 i
0: like to
2: think you brought
1: them together for <laughs> you. in my heart i did <laughs>
0: before we move on let's hear a tiny bit of that gaga performance
2: are you happy in this modern world? How oh, do you need more?
0: Is there something else? You she also, I mean, like. Even some great singers were struggling with their vocals for various reasons, and she doesn't struggle. Like, no. it doesn't happen. No, no. What else? There were actually a lot of great performances.
2: The Dolly tribute, yeah. I think, really turned the show around. It's weird that for the first hour, I thought, this is kind of a boring Grammys. This mm-hmm. is kind of lackluster. It had highs and lows. But Dolly just kicked it into high gear, and it seems like everything, the energy level was so much higher after that. Mm-hmm. But the Dolly and Diana tributes were so, like, beautiful, lavish moments.
1: Masterclasses. That, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Like Watching Smokey Robinson, also watching Dolly was really lovely
2: unbelievably beautiful yeah
1: almost stole the show but I mean it was Dolly so it's hard too. but like Smokey watching her was just like and BTS singing along to Jolene like it was just like watching the audience reactions to those performances too yeah. really was just like these are these icons these legends like it's incredible to see them performing at the highest of their abilities decades on into their careers
2: yeah I think BTS probably made more new fans with just the three second <laughs> shot of them like singing along to <laughs> Jolene even though they didn't get to perform I think they made as many new fans as anybody that night everybody's mom was like who are these BTS people
0: Such nice boys. Yeah.
2: The enthusiasm and joy on both them and Smokey Robinson. That was kind of like what the Grammys are all about, bringing the different generations and different genres together. Everybody's reactions to Dolly was like part of the overall beauty of it.
1: Yeah.
0: It does feel like Katy Perry cannot catch a break or give herself a break. Her vocals just went haywire on that song.
1: Yeah, her and Casey, I know that they've like toured together, very different singing styles, performing styles. It felt like a weird thing to like match them up. I kind of wish Casey had been on the Neil Young medley with like, or not medley, but like the performance with Marin and Miley and Dolly. But yeah, it was a little bit, two extremes of vocal singing (laughs) (laughs) were happening. Katie,
0: who I like very much, I feel like it's always trying too hard. It was just like, she was like, I'm going to sing the fuck out of this song. And it's just like, no, just like take it down 10 notches yeah it's just a lot of misfires from Katy Perry
1: yeah yeah I know especially against like again like Casey's much more restrained version very low-key very dolly vocal performance of what this song was meant to be
0: also
2: Casey's hair in that vocal performance that hairpiece that she was just wearing for that part of the night was so fantastically 70s hee-haw it was just kind of (laughs) perfect and it was just a beautiful sort of non-vocal and non-stated but just a really beautiful (laughs) tribute Casey was amazing all night
0: but that was a particularly beautiful moment
1: (laughs) night's best wig. yes absolutely <laughs> i felt like
0: casey was amazing all night and yet wasn't showcased to the maximal point that they could have i didn't think rainbow was the and the setting of rainbow was the exactly the right thing mm-hmm. i thought it's a very vocally challenging song to have to under such high-stakes circumstances so it's a little frustrating to watch casey for me not be presented in a way that would necessarily make her the new fans that i feel like she deserved
1: ballads but. are always tough at awards especially i mean at, at grammy specifically like Ballads are always such a tough choice. The energy level already—it's always low. You gotta bring it up in any way you can, and I think kind of sticking the ballad in there did feel like the show's already kind of like boring. And yeah, it was too, too early in the night yeah, for a it ballad. Yeah, way too early. Rainbow, like
2: also, there's so many great songs on that record. That was just a weird pick for one.
1: Yeah, Space Cowboy I think would have been a good ballad choice. You know, if she was going to go in the ballad route, like I think that would have been like slightly better, just because it is kind of fun, and I think also like won the Grammy that night. But I kind of wish she had done High Horse, just because I think it would have fit the energy because I think it came after Janelle's performance too so it was already kind of like here's like kind of fun funk disco and then ballad (laughs)
0: the fact that Adele once had trouble with her pitch on a ballad at the Grammys and was Adele enough to just be like, no, we're starting this song over. But that should scare anyone off from singing about your voice is so naked. And that song, Rainbow has those like little jumps, those almost octave jumps Mm -hmm. and pitch that are very challenging. And it just wasn't the best possible showcase. Rob, you actually said it was in Sesame Street mode and it did remind you a tiny bit of Kermit. Yeah, (laughs) it it did. Look, there aren't that many
2: songs about rainbows because the kind of (laughs) what do you sing about a rainbow? All songs about rainbows are kind of the same. It was not the song I don't think anybody would have picked from the album to say, this is the one you should do to people who haven't heard this yet to win them over. I always think of like when Casey, I think it was five years ago Mm. when she was at the Grammys and she did Follow Your Arrow with like a bunch of neon cacti. Yeah. That was one that I think probably. Loads and loads of people watched that who had never heard of her before who came away fans. Like, there's oh, yeah. no way you could watch that and not come away a fan. I didn't think this was necessarily the best showcase for what makes her great. No. However, her reaction shot when she won Album of the Year, what? I think what? that, yes, what? that was really great. That was, yes, I think we've all had those moments repeatedly since then.
0: Just the, the head shake.
2: What?
0: <laughs> And I will say, we've been championing Casey and her album on the show all year, and it was a very satisfying win in some ways, I I think, and very deserving. Yeah. Beautiful album, beautiful music, great singer, great songwriter, so that was super satisfying. We haven't talked much yet about the evening's host, Alicia Keys, who was a lot of fun, ultimately. (laughs) Yeah. She seemed to be having fun. (laughs)
1: Because the Grammys were hosted by L. Cool J for so long. Really did the job well, got done, great host. Then it was James Corden. They tried to do the comedy thing for a minute. He was fine. But Alicia Keys really brought back the Grammy energy that I needed. And that was that she seemed very confused about the entire show for most of the time. She sang beautifully whenever she did sing, which was great. She just sang randomly for no reason, no context. She would do these weird bits that also, no one involved knew what was happening. She'd say hi to random people from the stage. And she just was generally very stoned. And I think that's exactly... Where you need to be when you're hosting the Grammys.
0: This kind of batty Earth
2: Mother energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The moment during the Grammys when you posted, did Alicia's edible just kick in? <laughs> and that really was the moment where it did. <laughs> Britney should be a paramedic. That was exactly. And she was so fun. So relaxed. You know, I always thought that LL Cool J, I'd still think he's the greatest Grammy host mm-hmm. of all time because he did it so well for so many years. People forget how terrible the show was year after year before he arrived. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like the Grammys were bad and they gradually got better. It was an overnight thing as soon as. LL Cool J and David Wilde came on board. We shouldn't be talking about him since he's associated with Rolling Stone. But the before and after is pretty stark. And the LL Cool day years were so amazing for the Grammys. And I always thought, there's no way they can replace him. You know, I like James Corden, but like it's just not a job for a comedian. Yeah. And Alicia was so musical and so relaxed that I'm okay with her hosting it every single year.
1: So many hats. The,
2: yes, so many hats. And the bit where she's just sitting at the piano and she really did authentically seem to be just kind of winging it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. She probably told no one what song she was doing. No one knew where it was going. The producers, she was just like, I'm just going to riff it. Yeah. She's like, give me two pianos. <laughs> just give me five minutes and we'll see what happens. And she did. And it was lovely.
0: It was precisely as useless as... And yet, impressive as a double-neck guitar. It was the same pointless trick. The songs that she wished she wrote segment was very entertaining to me. It started to get insane when it got into Kings of Leon. I was wondering what, like, if next it was gonna be Limp gets break stuff or something. Like, I wish. Like, like just increasing. <laughs> yeah. Just, next year. Next year. Just increasingly insane choices. But it was really enjoyable and sort of mellow. And the joke is like, stop playing music, don't you know it's the Grammys? Like, it was just too much music. But I think we have a little sample that let's hear it. His finger I still see the shadows in my room Can't take back
1: the love that I gave you It's unforgettable
0: So yeah, there were a lot of songs
1: That was the sound of someone Fully winging it, she was like, "Here are some songs that I've been thinking about today." Absolutely, yeah,
2: yeah. Also, one of a couple moments during the night when I googled to make sure Roberta Flack is still alive and well. Yes, I did too. And I did that later when Chloe and came out to sing "Where Is the Love," and I was like, "Wow, Grammy energy is making me go into two full-blown panic attacks about Roberta Flack."
1: There was like a lot of Lauren Hill and Roberta Flack references all night long, and it was stressing me out. I was just (laughs) like, "Are they both okay?"
0: (laughs) Just to finish on Alicia's general energy, I was saying she really loves to say the words "make." love. I think when I did a phoner with her the other year and and it was half an hour phoner. I think she said make love around seven times. So that's the general vibe of Alicia Keys. But it did work. They might well invite her back.
1: Yeah. And she, oh, she ended the show with promoting her Instagram, which again, another beautiful touch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What they should do
2: is beg her to host the Oscars, you know, like it's just a couple weeks away. You know, she could do it and you know, she clearly doesn't need a lot of prep work. She could just show up there, give her a piano and say, here, host the Oscars, that would be great. I have a better gig, White
0: House press secretary. She's overqualified for that. (laughs) She just comes out and like, make love. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go to a bad one, or at least a problematic one. Post Malone with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Now I have some mixed feelings about this. You know, I have complicated feelings about Post Malone. I have some ill will towards Post Malone for a little bit of a snafu for something we were once trying to sit up with him. We won't go into it, but so I have to overcome that irritation. I think he's talented. I think that he's probably not going to be a rapper or anything like a rapper in three years. I think it's going to be a kid rock-like trajectory and the only question is whether he becomes like a country star or some kind of rock thing but I think he's clearly, he's actually some kind of canny operator underneath the face tattoos or as Brittany said, the face tattoos are actually an indication of what a canny operator he yes. is. And so like his the acoustic thing at the beginning, like at first I was like, oh god, people give him way too much credit for being on a guitar, but you know, it, it was fine that was probably actually the best part Rockstar just showed his limitations the lack of 21 Savage reference was a bummer and then and what did he do red hot chili peppers that was no one like that
1: my feelings for the performance were just very very bored and then i was like excited <laughs> for the chili peppers to come on and then the chili peppers let me down which has happened very few times in my life <laughs> and they sang dark necessities which is from 2016 was it yeah 2016 an album that no one you know it's not like in the canon of chili peppers best albums you know and it was just such a weird thing to choose for like what was meant to be a rap rock moment and they're like let's sing our most recent single from three years ago and then not do like give it away which would have been a much more fitting energy wise song to do yeah. with, like rock stars some can't stop some by the way literally anything else and they just did this random song, Anthony Kiedis, not on his game, just not singing well. It was a confusing not,
2: time. Not singing well by Anthony Kiedis standards. <laughs> I have to say, Brittany, if the Chili Peppers lost you, they lost absolutely everybody. Because you are in the tank
0: for them. I mean,
1: I'm number one for Kiedis scatting.
0: But... <laughs> this is like Ann Coulter turning against Trump. This yeah. is a bad yeah. sign.
1: Yeah, it's just like, you know, I love a good Kiedis scat. I think all of his best lyrics are him just scatting on a bridge. And it was not working for me.
0: And there was, I think it was a VMAs, performance where Anthony Kiedis did not sing one correct note the entire time of Under the Bridge. Yes. Remember, so he has problems in his life. So first thing it was a bad Kiedis vocal like for a live performance yikes. Yeah. But again the choice of song I think is actually it's inexplicable and yet I know exactly why they did it. I'm positive and i was saying this to Bernie. In their minds they're like no we are a current act. We are totally relevant. Why would we do one of our old songs when we have what happens is big rock holdovers. They're always like well Dark Necessities went to number one on mainstream rock radio, and they don't realize that that's like five stations in Iowa. Mm-hmm. You know, they they're very caught up in this idea that that these songs are successes because they're being told by their management that they're successes. I really believe this. I oh, yeah. talked to in their minds, they're like, "Well, we have a recent hit. I'm sure everyone will want to hear that." When they don't realize that that is actually coming from a place of weakness. If you're actually confident in your current relevance or whatever your current state is, you're fine to do an old hit. And I think it just it was really off. I think Ketus' current look is not what I would choose for him.
1: We did get him ripping his shirt off, which, I mean, if he didn't, then it would have been just terrible. Truly why terrible. there was
2: a shirt on stage at any point? You know, like, just... why?
1: If you're Anthony Kiedis, why? Yeah. We just... already know what's going to happen. <laughs> it's like pretending there's going to be an encore. Like, we know you're going to take off your shirt, and you might as well just go on stage ready. Yeah. <laughs> and just the
2: shirt. Prima donna prissiness of doing that song really left a sour taste even if you came into it wanting the Chili Peppers to at least perform it by their own standards. Yeah. It just showed, like you said, a lack of confidence. Smokey Robinson can sing My Girl, you can sing Under the yeah. Bridge, you know? If yeah. Dolly can sing Jolene, you can sing Give It Away. Even you know? Diana
1: Ross sang her first ever solo single, like just go for it.
2: Yeah, it's the wrong place to come off as prissy prima donna. I'm going to promote my latest hit. Yeah. And disrespectful to do it. A deep cut you know disrespectful sounds like a strong word but
1: And I'm excited for the JLo tribute to Red Hot Chili Peppers next year. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh my
2: gosh. Yes. And also, you mentioned this, but what a major bummer that Rockstar was performed and not even a mention of 21 Savage, Mm -hmm. which was glaring at a few times during the night. Songs, This Is America won awards, and it was really strange that.
1: It it took until the white writer of This Is America (laughs) to win to bring up 21 Savage, which was insane.
0: And Post Malone was like applauding fiercely at the camera to be yeah. shown like, like like, of course yes yes I agree and that's why I didn't say anything or do anything or even and they also they sent out like an email that showed that he yeah. was wearing a 21 Savage shirt underoos under his clothes like that, mm-hmm. as if that matters.
2: Yeah it was weird you think of parallels in history you know 1970 the record of the year in there was bridge over troubled water and mm-hmm. imagine like a week before the ceremony Art Garfunkel gets thrown into jail by the Nixon administration mm-hmm. for <laughs> parking tickets does Paul Simon play the
0: ceremony and just not Mention Garfunkel. Y- you know, Rob, I have to say, if you said it with enough confidence, you could probably put across that that's actually something that happened. But <laughs> for a minute, <laughs> we, I we all remember that... when Paul
2: Simon yeah, performed the boxer wearing a black armband, saying like "Free Artie." You know, by the way,
0: a hundred percent, if that happened, Paul Simon would not have mentioned Art. Yeah, right. 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 yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right.
2: Paul Simon would have been more likely to mention Twenty One Savage than Art Carfunkel. <laughs> but still, it was strange that Post Blue chose to do Rock Star out yeah. of you know even other songs he could have done. And yeah. everything about that performance. Was just left a sour taste.
0: And Post has nothing to add to these performances with rock legends. Like when, with Aerosmith or, or with Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's weird that Red really Chili Peppers are rock legends, but they are at this point. Sure, you take them where you can get them. But <laughs> it's like when you know they pull a fan on stage to dance with them. And it has. I was saying to Brittany, it's just this idea that like millennials and Gen Z will change the channel if they don't see someone on stage with a face tattoo along with the old rock band. Well, I it's think, just a little depressing.
1: I mean, I think it is kind of partially programming and like audience reasons, but I also think it's like for Post Malone's own. Personal clout, you know, as you mentioned, like I think there is definitely a transition going to happen to like a kid rocky musical place which we should all just like hold our breath for. But I think that he definitely like wants to show off. I can play the guitar. I can do acoustic guitar. I can do electric guitar. You know, here's me like rocking out with a <laughs> band. Like this is what it's like. This is the real me. It's weird.
0: You know, again, like Post Malone, definitely not without talent. And I was bagging on people who are praising his guitar player. But then I realized there is a video where he's finger picking Don't Think Twice It's All Right by Bob Dylan. And that is a very tricky part. So he actually can really play. Not that, you know, that's neither here nor there, but and he can sing. In fact, I think he's better singing <laughs> than he is quote unquote rapping so I don't know anyway on,
2: on the other end of the spectrum you have Travis Scott being amazing wearing a Rush t-shirt mm-hmm. which was such a beautiful and bizarre moment that that performance was just fantastic and that was like a, a real energy boost to the whole show
0: absolutely I think we can hear a tiny bit of uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers or Post Malone something like that we have something in there let's hear what we got the worst part Close that
1: door, we blowing, so me, like, oh god that like vocal does not sound good Yeah. in a headphone the probably show in a cop
0: car was that before they put the auto-tune on? What happened there? I don't know. But yet Travis was amazing and it also felt like a rare example. Like you never had, that I can think of a performance on the Grammys that had sort of like real punk energy, Yeah. Mm-hmm. for instance. What it actually reminded me was Fear playing Saturday Night Live. Wow. You know, it was a big sort of like scandal in Lorne Michaels' mind because the people jumped on stage and slam danced and in the infamous book Wired about John Belushi, it was actually presented as an example of sort of John Belushi's insanity that he would have these gutter punks perform in the show. It's a great example of how Bob Woodward did not get John Belushi because it's actually super cool uh, and progressive of him to want them on the show. But I don't know that I've seen energy like that since, other than I'm sure there have been but it, it had that energy it had like a 90s rock energy it mm-hmm. just felt relatively real. I mean with a kind of showbiz gloss like you could tell people the quote unquote slam dancers were always just like on the edge of getting too close to Travis and then would pull back in a very professional way mm-hmm. so you, you could tell it wasn't that real but it, it still did have an energy and as you said like the bars kind of did evoke not the rap the actual prison bars yeah he evoked Twenty One Savage, so that was nice. Maybe not on purpose.
2: It must have been planned more than a week ago. So this must have been planned before that happened. But it was still like very evocative. Also, the whole like rock star in a cage with people outside. That's Def Leppard videos. It's Motley Crue videos. It's it can't be tamed
1: by Miley Cyrus video. Yeah, yes, totally, <laughs> totally, totally.
0: Jailhouse Rock.
2: Yeah, yeah. The Nine Inch Nails Wish video. Great tradition of rock star in cage to protect them from the crazed loving audience members. There was something beautiful about that.
0: Yeah, I do not think Travis knows. A lot about Rush, and I don't even care.
1: Uh, I, I think he's listening to Tom Sawyer right now. Have
0: c- you could been be. in touch with Getty about this, you know. I actually was waiting for a reaction from them, but uh, it
1: could be he might know them. I don't know.
0: You know, I'm not. I don't really care. It's fine. I think if he cared about Rush, that wouldn't have been the shirt he chose. Let me put it that way. Not to dig too
1: deep. Okay. in this.
2: Yeah. I had no idea Counterpart had such fierce fans yeah. as it does. That one totally <laughs> missed me. in between roll the bones and, and test for echo, but wow, people who love Counterparts <laughs> really love Counterparts. I mean, I'm saying, I was not aware that was even.
0: Like, <laughs> I mean, people who love Rush really love. Rush, but the t-shirt was so confusing that even some Rush fans who aren't super tuned in thought it was a t-shirt from the album Presto, which more famously had the bunny on it coming out of the hat, but I think that was the bunny from Presto on its further adventures is the idea. But and maybe that's why Travis, you know, likes it. He really picked out Carmen but I don't know. But it was cool. Countdown. 93 years to 2112. <laughs> yeah. That, the clock is ticking. And that, by the way, was the closest rush have ever come to winning a Grammy <laughs> yeah. or performing on a Grammy. It has to be said. And again, people think that all these acts have been properly recognized, like none of them have. Don't worry about it. Diana
1: Ross what, never won a Grammy until her <laughs> lifetime? Achievement Award in 2012.
0: Which is Duran. So that's why we're barely even talking, other than Casey, we're not even talking about who wins because the only sensible position to take is who cares because otherwise you're going to have your heart broken. I've quoted this before, but Madonna told me with regard to Kanye West, don't go to award shows looking for justice. And I think that that is such a wise quote from Madonna. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We're going to talk about St. Vincent and Dua Lipa, which was a highly unusual Grammy moment and had an unusual erotic energy for the Grammys and was pretty memorable. Our colleague Corey Groh talked to St. Vincent about how it came about. It was actually a mashup of Mass Seduction and One Kiss, a song by each of them. And it was a total sort of last minute thing. Those songs are two sides of the same coin. Annie Clark, who is St. Vincent, said why they picked them. They're about seduction and sex and all those things. And we wanted to give a little nod to the late great Queen of Soul. So it was like, what if we sing Respect to this sort of fucked up Tom Sub thing, like sex? I don't know if that song has ever been sung with that intonation before. I don't think it has. And it was only the Wednesday before the show that they put it together. And it was, I think think for Dua Lipa, who has seemed a little bit like sort of a lab-grown pop star perfect and I wasn't sure like what her personality was it was a great moment for her and for St. Vincent who's pretty far from the pop world it was a great visibility moment for her plus it just had this vibe that people will never forget Billy Eichner had a good line but they stole his lesbian stars born idea (laughs) (laughs) so there you go what did you guys make of that yeah
1: I thought another element in Corey's interview that was really funny was that the fact that they just like noticed that they had the same haircut too and they're like okay we can just kind of do this like mirror routine they like ended up wearing very similar outfits like it just kind of all happened so randomly and so organically and was like, well, I guess this just makes sense now. We have to do this weird twinning thing. And it was amazing. I just thought it was such a great performance. I was really curious as to what they were going to do because it was announced before that they were going to be coming on stage together. But It was just like such a perfect way to highlight, again, two different sides of them, to see Dua Lipa have a little bit more fun, to see her do something that felt like it showcased her personality, because I think she's a really fantastic singer. And there was the personality element of it was kind of lacking for a lot of it. And I think to see her have that much fun with it was great. And St. Vincent kind of coming out there and being full like pop badass while also being like rock badass at the same time is really cool.
2: It was a real rock star moment, a real performance, even just like the confident way that they just stared at the end into the camera just a little too long yeah it was really <laughs> intense it was a genuinely startling moment
1: and it didn't need much like it was just the two of them it was just the choreography like it was literally there's really no set there's not much the elements that they need to add it was just the two of them and it worked so well and it felt so big in a way that just was mind-blowing yeah, yeah.
0: there was a camera stumble like a cameraman phone someone said they just got distracted <laughs> 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 let's hear a little bit of that if we can doesn't really convey the full power of the performance. Diana Ross's speech I'll I'll quote it a little bit Together we have no limits No limits There's only success ahead And you can lead the way Dream Unlock new doors All is possible with music and with you And then she yelled Happy birthday to me Happy birthday to me It was delightful If Diana Ross had done nothing else in her career I'd still love her just for that
2: Yeah That was truly, truly, truly great And I love that she didn't do Any of the millions of Diana Ross songs That we all know and love Mm -hmm. She was like Why would I want a song to distract from me My birthday And She just made it her, like, little, like, Diana moment. It was so beautiful.
1: I mean, she was just having so much fun, and I think you had pointed this out in your report, Rob, where it was, like, not even her birthday. Like, it's, like, three months away or something. <laughs> yeah. Is that just, true? That's amazing. Her birthday is, her in, birthday like, is March 26th. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Her birthday yeah.
2: is two months away.
1: Because she was just just having a ball. She yes. was just, you know, smiling. Her entire family was there. I mean, I always love seeing the Ross family in any yes. audience. I love seeing Ashley Simpson anywhere, so it was great. And then Jane Smith was having a Fun time. Like everyone was having fun with it. No one more so than Diana, but everyone was having a really great time. Yes, (laughs) absolutely.
2: And a moment where. You knew that just giving her that moment, letting her do whatever she wanted, you knew that it was going to be insane and unpredictable, yeah. and yet it was going to be spectacular and beautiful, and that <laughs> it would just elevate the show, which it just did.
0: Yeah. There was definitely a response to the lack of women last year and to the unfortunate need to step up comment, and women came out in force. There were totally amazing moments. Cardi B was great. What were some of the other kind of lady power moments? Brandi Carlisle yeah.
1: sounded fantastic on the joke. I think that was one of those times where a ballad does work because I think for a lot of the Grammy audience, no idea who Brandi Carlisle was. She was sort of, let's say Brandi Carlisle and her were kind of left field nominees for album of the year. Had a lot to prove, had a lot to also gain from being on the stage. And I think Brandi doing the joke and being so dynamic with it and so powerful and serving one of the best vocal performances of the night was fantastic seeing her on stage we got a lot of women playing guitar which I'm always a huge fan of we got to see her shred on the guitar do such like a a very subtle princey kind of performance and you know Janelle on the guitar too and obviously St. Vincent it was just really phenomenal to see so many women kind of really just showing off so many various talents at once
0: and I'm just so glad that we got the lengthy tribute to Neil Portnow that we all deserved (laughs) what was that
1: unbelievable
0: (laughs) listen I understand my sympathy to the organizers of this show if your boss is retiring after 150 years. <laughs> and there's a certain pressure, I guess. But given that many awards aren't even given on the show, given all the other problems, to stop the show for that amount of tribute to mm-hmm. someone who is not famous and is really kind of an internal matter. I'm sorry. It's it's very it's bizarre.
2: indulgent in the wrong kind of way. It was very much like the Red Hot Chili Peppers doing a song nobody knew. <laughs> it was a similar kind of respect the show, respect the viewers, it was... Like,
0: do you know that this is on television? Do you understand what's happening here? Like, this is... it should have been an office party. Yeah. There's absolutely
2: no reason to take up 10 minutes of the Grams with it, except as a sort of passive-aggressive response to the controversy last year over yeah. his extraordinarily unfortunate comments.
1: The timing of it, though, was so choice because it came right after Dua Lipa won Best New Artist, and she had made a comment in her speech saying, I guess we stepped it up this year, about the women, which directly went to Neil Portnow's comments last year where he said the women need to step it up. Up, which I thought was just beautiful timing. I don't think Dua even knew that, that he was, was coming so out next. She was yes. just like, I'm going to say this.
2: <laughs> that was so great. I loved that it was over two hours into the show at that point, And this had been an unspoken, but very, very visible theme all through yeah. the show. Is And the duo was the one who was just like, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, I guess we stepped up. That was truly great. Especially yeah. after all the amazing performances that had already happened that night.
1: And speaking of tributes too, is Aretha Franklin tribute was also really great. Should have had more time for that. Should have had Fantasia on stage longer
0: it should not have been a throwaway like that
1: yeah it, it was just a thrown at the end but Fantasia sounded fantastic we'd all been waiting for her to do an Aretha tribute
0: I wonder if Rob mentioned Sanjaya because Fantasia reminded him of American Idol but you compared the J-Lo performance to a Sanjaya night when that was the first time I heard the name Sanjaya in that context in a very long time but we should hear a little bit of Brandy Carlisle's breakout performance because that was really extraordinary and is a little bit of a star is belatedly born kind of thing let's hear it Your quiet voice an impeccable style don't ever let them steal your joy it was the most weirdly the the most springsteenian moment of the night for sure but overall it was pretty good i mean drake i think they cut him off i know they said it was an accident but the other thing he was trashing the awards i think understandably but he was also coming from that 90s place it was also like Eddie Vedder accepting an award, and being like, I don't know what any of this means. It was A, kind of talking on behalf of the hip hop world and the Grammys' neglect and misunderstanding of that world. But I think also coming from that, I think, coming from that 90s place, like, man, this doesn't mean as much. And I think it was both.
1: This and, world is bullshit moment. Or, yeah.
0: or Fiona Apple. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. In the long tradition of everyone accepting an award with an existential crisis in the 90s, yeah. yeah.
2: I just felt like, Drake, just get up there, talk about loving Rihanna, and then go off. That's <laughs> what we want. That's what we need. Yes. <laughs>
0: so this has been today's Rolling Stone Music Now thanks to Rob Sheffield and Brittany Spanos we talked about the Grammys we could probably talk about the Grammys a little bit more but that is not what we will do next week I promise we will be back next week though on Friday at 1pm here on Sirius XM's volume channel 106 in the meantime as always we are a podcast download us as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts subscribe to us as a podcast and definitely leave us a review on iTunes ideally a nice review but if it has to be mean make it mean but don't do that thing where you complain that we don't play entire songs because we just can't do that legally we can't do that don't get us in trouble it's not a reasonable request i understand your complaint but stop making it but do leave us a review and do come back and listen to us and as always we are grateful for you listening we will see you next week